When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and Jared had to step away for this weekend, but I did bring back my buddy, my pal, Ben King. How you doing, Ben? Hey, Jay. Uh, I am okay after this L that we took yesterday, but it got a lot better when uh, Texas A&M delivered on the commitment they made in the preseason to uh, to bust some Bama tail. Yes. And uh, I, I feel okay now. Yeah, I think it softened the blow of losing to Georgia this week. Just a little bit. I mean, anytime it happens, uh, it just feels a little bit better. Like last night, I was like, all right, I feel, you know, I don't know, fifty percent better. I'm still still getting back. Um, yeah, but I I took solace in the fact that we didn't get blown out like Arkansas did. Uh, if you look at it statistically, Auburn has now accounted for thirty eight percent of the total points given up by that Georgia defense. So I feel okay about that. Um, it still hurt, but you're right. You know, after a Bama loss, feels a lot better. Yeah, and. <laughs> And okay, so maybe I came into it and and I know some Auburn fans were thinking, yeah, we can definitely win this. I mean, I, I for most part think Auburn can win just about any game if we come in with a solid game plan, players execute. I, I think we can do it. Yeah. But I came with knowing we're probably going to lose this game. And maybe that softened the blow a little bit for me. Um, but it, it's still like it's your rival and you want to beat them. And, and so – I just kind of wanted to get into, uh, let's talk about rivalries. So, uh, you know, I know, what was it just last week we beat LSU mm-hmm. and that was, that's one of our big rivalries that Gus had an issue. I mean, coaches even before Gus had issues with last, down in Baton Rouge, the last three coaches, including Tubbs, he won one time and never won again there. That yeah. was his first game. Man. Uh, his first road game into Baton Rouge was his only win there. Man. So, Chizik never did it. Malzahn never did it. Parson did it his first year. Yeah. So let's hope he's not like Tubbs, and this is the only time we see it. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> but I, I did want to talk about, like, rivalries and, like, why they mean so much. Kind of just, like, a big topic about – and we can kind of specify on Georgia and Bama because those two teams um, have been recruiting extremely well, as we well know, and played – very well over the last you know five ten years so what do you think about you know us trying to you know stay up with them like how do we get there do you have any kind of ideas about that well yeah we we build a culture around doing what it takes in the little things to win in the big times so uh that was something that Malzahn never did uh he always said like we're going to try to get better and we're a young team or it's still young in the season he said that 
until we were eight games in. And, you know, looking at the culture that we had under the Malzahn tenure versus the Harson era, like the the culture's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harson comes into press conferences angry. And I love that. <laughs> like, you should be angry to lose. You shouldn't be like, well, we could have done better, blah, blah, blah. No, you come in and you say like, yeah, look, we sucked on this. We sucked on this. We need to get better. This is the areas that we need to improve. I can't wait to go through the tape with the team and get ready to improve upon these. Yeah. Like that, the little things is where it makes the difference. And I think people will buy into that. You know, you you look at, you said recruiting the past few seasons, Georgia's had top five recruiting classes. Alabama's consistently over the past decade had top five to number one recruiting classes. All of our wide receivers left last season. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much did. Yeah. So all all the all the juniors who are going to be upperclassmen, everyone left. So look, it's it's building the culture, and I think Harson's on the right track for it. So I feel okay about that. Yeah, I think you're you're on to something with. I mean, and Harson said it before, but I think that's got to be the details that go into this um, to beat Georgia uh, because. Honestly, like when I think back on this Georgia game, I think there uh, there were points if you know Shivers doesn't you know tip the ball when he's in oh cause an interception, yeah. I think we get a first down and we might score again. And then it's ten mm-hmm. zero, Auburn leading, and, and that's a completely different ball game at that point. Georgia's on its heels, having to do some crazy stuff, probably putting a little bit more on Stetson Bennett, um, and so that those little things will add up to success. And I, I think we need to continue to you know push on that. Um, and, and let's just start talking about wide receivers, because I think that was one of the biggest gripes that a lot of people had. I mean, my gosh, yes. To, to think of off the top of my head, I think there were eight, there might've been somewhere, maybe even more uh, passes that were possibly caught, but then dropped. And so it's like, uh, yeah, there were 10, there were 10 targets and only 31 receptions. Yeah. So there were 10 drops. <laughs> yeah. 10 drops or missed throws. Right. But say with a target, I believe that means it actually went to a receiver. Yeah. So I'm going to say 10 drops. And, and also in the press conference, I don't know if you watch these after the game, but I always did with Gus and it drove me crazy. I at least appreciate them now. And, <laughs> when seeing Harson talk about the game, but we're on track to have three times the number of drops that we had last season. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I was going to tweet during the game, like we should fire the wide receivers coach, but then like, Oh wait, we already did. Yeah. So uh, I think Harson made a good move there. Um, we need someone good to come in. I've got some ideas around that. Whenever you want to get to it. Let's get into it right now, because I, I don't think the guy who's our wide receiver coach kind of in a room right now, I don't think that's his end goal um, yeah. of being a wide receiver coach. I mean, he, he's got bigger aspirations. Um, for sure. Because he, he's, he's got his work cut what, out for him too. He was just an analyst for yep. under Harson. So it's like, you know, he got promoted to wide receiver, but like he's previously been bigger roles under Harson, like offensive coordinator. So like, I, I, I think he's, I think this is just kind of a bandaid to get us through this year for wide receiver coach. And we got to start thinking about wide receiver coaches. Um, do you got any ideas on like where we should head with that? Yeah, well, I'm not one to throw stones, but if he wants to promote the wide receiver coach to OC, I think he'd do a better job than Bobo. So uh, 
I'll just say that right now. Um, wide receiver coaches, though, you got to get our boy back. Uh, if you look at Tennessee and their wide receivers to date, they don't have a good quarterback. <laughs> but these guys are catching stuff all over the field. And that's because of Cody Burns. So I know Kyle will like this because he's a big Cody Burns fan as well. But we got to get Cody back. You know, Cody was the one who recruited Seth Williams, who recruited the Flash, who brought in all the players that we had over the past few years that as freshmen were making these huge strides. And yeah, we've got some of those players still currently who are doing well, but all the upperclassmen left. And if, if we could have retained Cody Burns uh, or rehired him, I think that that would not have necessarily gone the way it did. And I think Cody has the ability to bring players back to the Auburn culture and kind of build around what Harson's putting into place. So I want Cody back. Yeah. That's, that's my view. I would love to see him back. I mean, we already have Cadillac for the running backs. We've got Zach Etheridge for the secondary. How great would it be to have Cody Burns back on campus? Uh, I think when he was here as wide receiver coach under Gus, I had nothing but praise towards him. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I know Gus's offenses weren't as elaborate with passing. There were a lot of you know blocking, but there was some pass that was involved, and and that's important. Um, and you're seeing it now with Tennessee, like Cody Burns is helping his wide receivers catch the ball, which <laughs> that's our issue right now. Catch the yep. ball, <laughs> like don't don't bat it up in the air, don't drop it when it hits your hands. Close around it, right. I saw a, a you know tweet out, and this is something my dad loves to say. Why don't they use stick them anymore? Like on those hands, <laughs> like, like they have gloves. Like there's better technology out now, but like you should be catching a little bit more than they are, and that's I think that's frustrating. Like everybody wants to put the blame on Bo. I think there is a point where some of this game was on Bo, but if you hit the receiver's hands in stride they should catch it. I mean, the premise is hits your hands, catch it. And so yep. I, I I think if we get that fixed, I think the Georgia game would have been a whole lot different. I mean, in reality, like I can think of at least three catches that would have been first downs kept the drive going. And yet that would have, that those caused us to go to fourth down and usually punt, or if we went for it on fourth down, it didn't work. So it's like, I, I think that came down to what kind of determined this game um, For sure. And it's all about balance, right? And if you look at Georgia's offense, like very balanced, they had 201 yards rushing, 231 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. That's balance. Yeah. On the other hand, for us, we had 93 yards rushing and 272 yards receiving. So the the move into, and that that was with 10 drops <laughs> yeah so the move away from the running game and putting so much pressure on Bo to deliver you you can't put that much pressure on your quarterback and expect them to be successful you've got to be able to open up the running game yeah and against a good defense that that you you have to be balanced if Georgia or any other good defense makes you one-dimensional good luck like that's going to be tough and that's what kind of Georgia did Um, for a lot of it they made us pass the ball a lot and that made us one-dimensional when we were just running I felt like even even if you look at it it looks like we only averaged about 1.6 yards per carry 
but that's because <laughs> Bo got sacked a couple of times that were just bad. Um, yeah. But if you kind of remove those, you get probably closer to like two and a half, three yards, which is still not great, especially in the SEC when you need to have more. Um, and that's in comparison to Georgia, which this game they average over four yards a carry. So it's like you got to have some balance there. And, and I think that's something I want to see is get back to a little bit more run and doing that even when it like maybe a little bit earlier in the game, because like, I think we can do it. I think we can run the ball, especially with Shivers and Jarquez Hunter in there. Like both guys can find some holes and just make things happen. Yeah, definitely. And you know, if if we're looking on the positive, the bright side of things, I'd say the biggest area that I thought was a success for us is the way that we started the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, no we started angry. We started with our hair on fire. Uh, we were shutting down the run. Uh, we held Georgia to like two yards per carry. Um, it was really that that Shiver pop up and interception that that stopped our momentum. Besides mm-hmm. the fact that we can't get in the end zone, we get in the red zone. Right. We got down between, I think we're on like the five yard line or something like that. And yeah. Just couldn't get in. Yeah. There were three times that we got within the 10 yard line. And you would expect if you get within the 10 yard line, not just red zone, but 10 yard line, you come out with some more points. We only ended wow. up with 10 points. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing from that is we get inside the red zone and Bobo immediately goes to fades into the end zone. That's the stupidest play call you can make. <laughs> One, do not play to get a penalty. You're an idiot if you do that. Two, we have some of the best running backs, and we've been running real wheel routes, and they've been working great. Yeah. Like if you have to pass, that's your option, not throwing it in the end zone where you've got to go up against one of the best defenses in the country who are willing to hold on to a player for no reason and not get called. <laughs> yep. I mean, and that was one of the reasons that that touchdown, I mean, we can get into that too. Like there should have at least been one more touchdown. And if it wasn't for the Georgia guy holding on to our wide receiver, it should have been a pass interference or a holding or something on the defense, but it wasn't called on uh, capers, whoever's guarding capers. So mm-hmm. that's always frustrating. And even Bo, <laughs> I don't know if you saw after, but he, yep. he complained about it. And, well, see- and Bo seeing that, and he knows that was a big momentum shifter was when that wasn't called, then you're just like, I mean, Ben, we've said it before in previous seasons, it's usually Auburn versus the refs. Um, If it comes down to these kind of like tight plays. And a lot of times Auburn doesn't get that that favor because the refs are going to call what they're going to call. We're in this case, not call. For sure. And I can see that. But for us to blame referees or for us to, we've had a lot of play calls in the red zone where we are expecting penalties to assist us in actually executing. And that is not taking the game into your hands. It's putting it into the zebra's hands. And that's a bad play call. <laughs> no doubt. So, yeah, I I can see Bo being frustrated about that. But at the same time, if a guy's being held on to, like there's other wide receivers that should be open or be able to get open. So you've got to make a better decision on that too. And then even prior to that, we shouldn't have gotten down to a fourth and five or whatever it was. It was Mm -hmm. bad play calling across the board. Uh, However, if you think about play calling or even the referees and how they affect the game, we have a couple opponents coming up where it did go Auburn's way, Mm -hmm. uh, especially the last season, both 
Arkansas, and Ole Miss should have beat us and did not because of the referees. So just keep that in mind, Bo, as you go up against the competition that (laughs) we're about to face. Do not say we never get those. That is a stupid thing to say in a press conference. <laughs> it's. I think it's his emotions. I mean, if yeah. I'm being no, honest. I mean, I'm glad he's mad, but at the same time, like, be smart about it too. Right. Yeah. And I think that's just a what twenty twenty one year old like just getting mad. I mean, I I would have gotten mad the same way he did. <laughs> I'm being honest. I like the passion. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk about because we kind of hinted at it. Like Bo's play this this game. What did you think of it um, compared to what we thought of, you know, him playing down in Baton Rouge just a week ago? How, how do you kind of like compare and contrast those? Uh, I feel like he did a lot of what was successful in Baton Rouge. Um, the defense we face is a whole lot better than LSU's. LSU just got beat by Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, keep that in mind as well. Um, you know, Bo doesn't mind putting the team on his back and – running around like a chicken with its head cut off to trying to make a play. And he did that again this week. Um, he made a, a couple arid throws, but it's, the wide receivers weren't helping. And quite frankly, I feel like we put too much pressure on Bo to deliver because we should be a more balanced offense. So with, with what he has to work with, I think he did okay. Um, when TJ Finley came in and was connecting on passes, staying in the pocket, I was very impressed, but once again, that was garbage time. So, I mean, I I don't know how much you can read into that. I wish Bo stayed in the pocket a little bit longer, but also the defensive line versus our offensive line, the the O-line was outmatched. Yeah. And the D-line at Georgia is huge. Yeah. And probably the best front seven in the country. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not just saying that because we just lost them, but I legitimately think it was – it was very impressive what they were doing. There, there were yeah. times like one or two guys free rushing yep. and, and that just can't happen. Um, yeah. and, and I don't necessarily think that it was, I think people are also going to probably jump on the offensive line as being terrible. I think they weren't great with opening up holes for the run. Nope. But pass coverage wasn't the worst except when they were blitzing on third down and it was obvious passing downs, but that that's again, where, you can't get yourself in those situations where it's an obvious pass down and you you don't have guys blocked. (laughs) It's just not going to work out well. And, and, you know, we got away with it a couple of times, you know, against LSU last week, but it's not going to work against a good discipline Georgia or any other good defense that we're going to face for the rest of the year. Yeah, completely agree. And, you know, Bobo loves to bring the tight ends in. And personally, the way that I like offenses run I appreciate a good receiving tight end, but you also have to be able to pull those extra blockers in when you have situations like this. Mm -hmm. And I have not seen that happen yet this season. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special here at the E2C network. We pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you, but just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system 
where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Um, I did want to shout out a couple of the wide receivers and tight ends. Um, I think Kobe Hudson came to play. After getting, I feel like, at least some criticism, even from like Jared and myself uh, last week, I, I think he came to play. Ended up with uh, 50 yards on five catches. Um, didn't have any long necessarily, but there were a couple that were just, it got you the first down. And, and that's what you, that's what you want. Um, so good to see him bounce back after last week struggling. Um, Shedrick Jackson, um, I think he ended up playing decently. It's probably not going to show up all that much on the, uh, like if you look at how he played on paper, but he did a lot of really good things. Like even the touchdown run from tank Shedrick Jackson was in there blocking. And if he doesn't hold on to his, give him a, keep that block tank doesn't score. He doesn't get the edge um, when there's nothing up the middle. So big shout out to him. Um, It took Shedrick Jackson a little bit to, or not Shedrick Jackson, sorry. uh, John Samuel Schenker a little bit. I think we only got one completion to him. Um, Little, maybe they were just shutting it down, but didn't get as much action there. Um, Demetrius Robertson, I knew we had to, we're we're probably going to lean on him a little bit just because he's a previous Georgia guy. Um, Speaking of, I post this on our Twitter and I think on Insta, Um, but on the way into town, there's like an electric billboard thing. And they had a picture of Demetrius Robertson just, you know, doing like a, like an aggressive pose, like, (laughs) <laughs> and, and it was like staring at the cars when you you drive in so well played auburn whoever did that i'm excited you did that for the georgia game <laughs> yep no that was good and it's not like we didn't try to get him more involved in the game um i'm gonna be the negative nancy here for a second but you've got uh for the players you just mentioned kobe he had one drop and it was actually a tip where it almost got intercepted so that was mm-hmm. a scary thing i'm glad that didn't happen uh you've got uh who was the next one you talked about Shedrick Jackson yep he had another drop uh Schenker had two drops uh, it wasn't the fact that we weren't trying to throw it to him he just kept dropping it because we tried to get the tight ends involved yeah uh you look at Shivers he had four drops and then Demetrius Robertson who we wanted to be able to show out against his former team had six drops <laughs> yeah and even with that, he still ended up leading our receiving core. So, like, the potential yep. was there, like, for him to just blow Georgia's defense up. It's just he dropped a couple. And so those are always unfortunate. Um, and, and you can kind of account for at least a couple of those. But, like, sometimes you just got to come down with it. Um, and that, that's, I think, again, I, I'm going to harp on this again. 
I think it, it that was the factor in the game is just the drop passes that stopped our drives. Um, and if you make a couple of those catches, it keeps our drives going. The offense is more confident with themselves and we probably keep it closer um, and have a shot to win. So that's the way things go. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about defense now. Um, Georgia did put up 34 on us. I think at least 14 of those were probably, I'm thinking just off the top of my head, one was a long pass, touchdown pass. That was just terrible coverage, just terrible coverage. Um, That was after Smoke Monday went out too. Yeah, but still like – Not saying that would have impacted it, but – Man, like if we had – okay, so say we eliminate both of those. So we probably – we might be able to hold them, you know, 14 points less. So now we're talking like a 20 to 10 type game. Auburn probably feels a lot better about this game. Um, but yet those blown coverages on defense were just just terrible. And you can't have that. <laughs> you just can't. Um, and, and, it, and the crazy thing is, Stetson Bennett, he's, he's not the most accurate quarterback. <laughs> and, and he's able to do that against us. It's just kind of showing you like our wide receiver or their wide receivers were just finding ways to get open. And our defense just let them <laughs> at times. Yeah. Georgia's talented. And uh, yeah, the mailman, as long as he can put a ball, you know, in the vicinity of the wide receiver, the wide receiver can make a play. Uh, we don't have necessarily the talent that makes plays like that yet. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the reasons we talked about wide receiver coaches already. Yeah. <laughs> and And the drops in this is, you know, that's a big difference. When we were shutting down Georgia's run game, and the defense did a fantastic job with that. Like we sold out on stopping the run. We knew that they had a very solid rushing attack and they couldn't do anything against us in the first two drives. Uh, when, when we did that, then it put pressure on the mailman Stetson Bennett to deliver. And because he was able to open up that pass game, it opened up their run game. So, I mean, I, I was super impressed with the defense early on. I feel like you're right. If we had been able to maintain the the momentum that was given up by that turnover on our own 20, Mm -hmm. then the entire probably storyline of the game would have changed. Oh, no doubt. Uh, But yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with the defense early on. I don't, I don't like hold it against them for some of the blown plays because I mean, that's, that's better coaching and better play calling, honestly. Uh, like you've got a man up when you have to play one of the best rushing attacks and sometimes you're going to get beat and that's fine. Yeah. It just always hurts when, when you see guys that have like five yards on your, your defender and you're like, <laughs> golly. Yeah. Man. That's it, the, the way that I would have played it is a, a more um, man blitz. And when I have my man coverage, I would have backed him up to wherever the, the first down marker was to keep everything in front of them mm. and so play man, but just, you know, soft, like give yeah. them yeah, a little bit, make, make Stetson Bennett beat us in the air, but don't give up a large scale touchdown. No doubt. And I yeah. feel like we tried to do that a little bit, but the, the coverage wasn't where we needed to be. And anytime we play, try to play zone with this team, it doesn't work out. So uh, lots, lots of work to do. I think uh, from Derek Mason and team. Mm-hmm to uh to improve upon that yeah i think so too um one of the ones that so i was just looking at the stat sheet and it kind of shocked me because 
I, I think, I mean, one of the players I was watching for this game was our, our run stopper, Jacoby McLean. Like he, he's previously just, you know, stuffed holes and everything. And, and he only ended up having three tackles this whole game. So I, that, that's kind of a little disappointment to me and not, not what I was expecting out of Zacoby. Um, he did have a couple of good tackles, but not as, not as good as I was hoping. And I, I mean, it is Georgia. They've got a, they're, they're running backs. They were keeping them what three essentially guys kind of fresh. And those guys were hard to tackle. Um, but mm-hmm. you got to tackle them every once in a while just to stop them. Well, that, that late rushing touchdown by Georgia, we hit the guy in the backfield. I can't remember mm-hmm. who the player was that did it. It might have yeah. been Jacoby. Uh, uh, it was Jacoby. Yeah. And it was just man on man. And Jacoby got thrown to the ground. Uh, and then the Georgia running back just, I think that might have been, is that Swift who is their player now? I can't keep track of these guys. Uh, Swift was their No, Z- Zamir White. Yeah, they, they, you know, you change the name and number, but it's the same guy, basically. It's stupid. <laughs> they, anyway, they have a breed over there. They do. Even if they're inbred, they have yeah. a breed. <laughs> <laughs> Zamir White just threw Zakomi to the ground and just like stomped into the end zone for seven yards. And I was like, we're not, it's not, it's not bad form. It's not bad, like play calling in that type of situation. It's just, we get out manned. And that's mm-hmm. tough. That's yeah. just tough. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's kind of shift a little bit to special teams here, and then we'll kind of wrap up our discussion of the Georgia game. Um, one of the things that I noticed first off was Georgia's kicker. I don't know if it, you kind of got this if you're watching on TV, but their kicker had some insane backspin on the ball when he would kick off, and he would kick it so long. And it would just have so much hang time that good luck trying to return that because yep. the the kickoff team got down there so quickly. Um, and it's very impressive. Like I have not seen that. And he was doing it so consistently. Like I'm, I'm kind of used to Anders Carlson or Daniel Carlson having, you know, booming kicks that go through the end zone, but this guy was putting it into the end zone with tons of backspin. So if you even thought about returning it, you weren't doing it like, or you weren't going to have success with it. So I don't know how he was doing that, but maybe we should take a, a lesson from him on how he does that. He had seven kickoffs, four touchbacks. And uh, yeah, he the kickoff game, you know, I know people in football have been talking about taking this out for a while. And in games like this, it almost didn't matter, which yeah. is kind of crazy. But you're right. Yeah. Just punching it through the back of the end zone. It's kind of wild. Yeah. We did that a few times too, though. No, we did. And it, I think we kicked the ball well. Um, there was really only one kick return that was returned to like the 35 yard line or something like that. Mm-hmm. So besides that, and even then that's not that bad. Um, so I think overall the special teams did its job. We got our field goal. Anders Carlson made it early in the game. Still kind of hurts to not get the touchdown there when you get into the red zone, but you know, that's, that's the nature of it. And Georgia's defense definitely clamped down on our offense. So honors, I mean, he converted it um, and made his extra point. So um, he did his job um, as far as punts. Yep. We, um, it was actually kind of cool. So there Oscar Chapman did a really good job of punting this game. Um, there was one time, um, if you remember, there was like a, um, it's like a weird call, essentially like, 
what was it like a hold or something? There was something going on. And, oh no, his knee went down. Like he, he, his knee went down, but they kept letting him run. And mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, we got a huge, like 30 yard return. Well, no, actually not. It got called back anyway. So besides that, and even then, if you, in reality, it's like a two yard return or whatever. So it's not that big of a deal. Oscar Chapman did his job, kicked it away from guys. Um, so there really wasn't an effect of special teams for Georgia um, that kind of swung things. Yeah, I think he had to re-kick that one too because mm-hmm. of the penalty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he did a great job. Like he averaged 46 yards, had a long of 52. Like when you put a punter out there six times and he doesn't get blocked, you feel good about it. Yeah, and they even had a chance to, I think, at least once. Yeah. Um, they were getting pretty close. But, yeah, it, you feel good about it. Um, and, you know, when you're averaging 46 a punt, I mean, that that's kind of – that's that's a good benchmark to have. Um, that's something that the NFL – that's, you know, getting up there to where NFL scouts are definitely going to be looking at Oscar. Um, I think that pretty much does it for special teams. Any other kind of, like, general topics, Ben, um, or anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. Um. Look, it's it's tough in a loss, but seeing the way the team kind of responded to that, I think is uh, encouraging. And at the end of the day, Georgia's the best team in the country. Uh, they are going to be ranked number one now yep. that Alabama lost. And their defense is the best one that we'll face all season. So the fact that we were able to put up 10 points and get Tank that rushing touchdown I feel good about. I think we can take pride in the fact that we did have an aggressive close game, at least in the first half. Yep. And and, and even had that opportunity to score again, yep. but there was no pass interference call. Yeah, um, we had multiple opportunities. In fact, when I, when I called this game prior, uh, I thought we'd hold them to 20 and only put up 12 points. So uh, that was because I didn't think we'd actually get a touchdown in the end zone. I thought it was going to be all field goals all day long. <laughs> and we had four opportunities within field goal range that we decided to go for it on fourth down because we were being competitive. Yeah. And uh, I love that. I'm yeah. totally fine with it. And the players love that. Like yep. the players love when a coach is like that. And and in reality, those fourth downs that we did go for and failed, I think even if we kick a field goal, it doesn't change the storyline. Even if we make those, it's not yep. changing it. I, I think you have to go for it. Like it, you weren't going to beat Georgia with kicking four field goals. Like you said, it's not going to work. You have to score touchdowns. Yeah. And that's where the culture comes into play. So the fact that we are aggressive, the fact that we believe we can win, the fact that we're fighting to win. And fighting for the whole game to win. Like it's not just, oh, okay, we're done. No, like we kept fighting. Um, Even really in the fourth quarter, it was pretty much done. Um, But the players kept playing hard. And that, yeah. that's the kind of heart that you want to see. To circle things back to kind of how we started with the rivalry and everything. Um, in the press conference with Harson, it was asked, do you feel like this is a rebuilding season? And he paused and didn't answer immediately and said, look, people who say rebuilding, they think, well, this season doesn't matter that we're looking for the future. And that's not the case here. What we're doing is we are developing this team these players and we want to do that now and i think that's huge because Mm -hmm. honestly he was given a difficult group to win with because of a lot of the holes that were emptied out when the transition came for coaches yeah and for harson to 
speak that way. I think that'll resonate with the players. I think he's developing the culture we need and I'm all for it. Yeah. So even in a loss, I feel really good about our future. Yeah. And I, I think you're, you're kind of hitting on Harson's more of his posture about a, a loss like this. And there's a, um, like you said, there's kind of just like an, I don't know, anger is the right word, but just like, yeah, he wants to get back out there. And, and that, I mean, it comes usually from the top, kind of a team's mentality. And if it's coming from the top, Harson's kind of, you know, feeding that to his guys, the guys are going to be furious next week. Um, one of the more interesting, I mean, you kind of brought up Harson's uh, interview. One of the quotes that came out from it essentially said, yeah, George is a good team. You know, you expect that. But the, the interesting part was he was like, we want to become like that team, referring to Georgia. What, what do you make of that statement um, coming from Harson in his first year well, in the SEC, but also just facing off against a good Georgia team? No, I think it's right. Um, look, what Alabama brought to the SEC was a structure and a process that has been successful. And he has trained all of his assistants to do that. We see Kirby having his process at Georgia. We see Jimbo having his process at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a team that, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that great this season. They've not held up to you know, expectations, but they beat Alabama in a very aggressive game last night. When you apply the process of winning and building a culture around that into your program, I think that is what Harson's referring to. Yeah. And he's doing exactly that. It's focusing on the little things. It's playing good, solid football, not being stupid and ensuring that you have development across your team. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's doing. And I love that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, One other thing, and this is just kind of my thought because Georgia is, uh, this will kind of be like my final thought on this. I think Georgia, if, I mean, they, they haven't won in how many years? Like 41, 42 years? Are we in 42 years? Been a long time. Yeah. Long time. I think if Georgia doesn't win the national championship year, they will have definitely squandered any kind of chance that they've had over the last four years. Like, this is their best chance to do it all, to win it all. Because even in, in all reality, Georgia's probably not losing any more games. Mm. Maybe against Bama in the SEC championship, if Bama makes it there. But I mean, so here's the beauty of college football and the SEC. Any given week, any given team can lose. Uh, and for Alabama to lose to Texas A&M, just get punched square in the face early on. Uh, Alabama's a very good team full of five stars that are well coached and well developed. Uh, they fought back too. Mm-hmm. So Georgia's got the same type of thing going on. But you go up against a Florida that is firing on all cylinders or even Kentucky. Kentucky right now is a good-looking team. Yeah. So, uh, I mean. They jumped up to number 11. As they should. They're undefeated. Um, Beat LSU better than we did. So, look, Georgia's, yeah, they don't have the toughest schedule playing in the East. But I wouldn't wouldn't say they're just going to walk to the national championship just yet. So, uh at least an I'm, Auburn I'm just, fan can have. I'm just saying this is their best chance. Oh, That's I agree. I'm kind of saying. I completely agree. This is this is Kirby's best team thus far. Uh, offensively, the quarterback position is challenging for them, but even a walk-on Stetson Bennett mailman boy <laughs> can, uh, 
can make it happen. So when you have really good players that know how to play well as a team, it really doesn't necessarily matter who you plug into that position. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Yeah, you guys can find me anywhere on social media at B-E-N-K-1-N-G. And then uh, if you want to hear more football analysis, I do a show with CJ Sweat on full pass coverage. It's called Moneyline. So check out that network. Uh, You can find it anywhere where podcasts are listened to. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Be Pig Suey. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.